Hello, and welcome to the Belmont Story Project. I'm Nancy McMenemy McComb, and today is June 7, 2019. I'm here with Kim Archer. Thank you very much for coming in to tell us about your memories of the 1969 lunar landing. Thank you, Nancy. I, I appreciate this opportunity. So just getting started, um, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what your connection is to Belmont? As I mentioned, or you mentioned, my name's Kim Archer, and my wife Paula and I have been living in Belmont since 1996 uh, at 32 Edgemore Road. Uh, we raised two children in Belmont, and um, they uh, graduated from the high school in 2005 and 2007, respectively. We've been uh, a happy uh, resident of Belmont. Uh, we've both taken, Paul and I have both taken part in uh, youth activities. I was lucky enough to coach several soccer teams and some hockey teams, and uh, it's been a fantastic experience. We're empty nesters now, uh, but the children are always happy to come back and see Belmont. Okay, that's great. Um, how did you come to live in Belmont? I like telling the story. My wife likes to tell it even more. We lived in Brighton. We're not from the area, and when we first moved here, we lived in Brighton, and we had jobs that at times would take us through Belmont, and both of us took note of the Mary Burbank School passing by, and my wife said, you know, when we have kids, I hope someday they can go to that school, and uh, as time went on, we had kids, and we didn't want to stay in Boston that much longer, and we looked in Belmont for that reason. We heard really good things about it, and the Burbank School was so welcoming, and uh, you know, such a draw for us. Just to, uh, it's sad to know that it might not be around much longer. I, I think, uh, but anyway, that's what brought us to Belmont, and uh, couldn't get me out of here with a stick of dynamite. <laughs> okay, thank you. So turning back to the summer of 1969, I understand you have a story about the Apollo 11 mission. So can you tell us, you know, what, what was that all about for you? Sure. I, I don't think my story is unique, but it's probably a little more rare than most. Uh, if I could set the context a little bit, you know, 1969 was a really special time. There was so much, so much going on. Uh, Nixon was president. Just the year before, uh, Russia had invaded Czechoslovakia in the spring of 1968. Martin Luther King had been assassinated. Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. Uh, the Civil Rights Act was signed. The Vietnam War was at a peak. And uh, on a cultural note, the Beatles came out with their White Album. <laughs> so there was a lot going on. And, and in 1969, that kind of went on with, uh, you know, gas was uh, 35 cents a gallon. The Dow was at 800. Uh, an average home was $8,500, and uh, a dollar back then would be worth about seven now. So I was in college, and uh, at an engineering college or university in Philadelphia called Drexel, and uh, a couple friends about three days before the launch said, let's go watch the moon launch. And uh, two of us, you know, there are several of us there, two of us said, yeah, let's do it. And I believe it was the day or night before we drove from Philadelphia to Titusville. Uh, if you look Ti at the map, sorry, where's Titusville? Titusville's in Florida. It's as close as we could get to the actual launch. Uh, if you look at a map, Cape Canaveral sits not on an island, but it's fairly secure. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Uh, yeah. So was there security stopping you from getting that close, or was it the traffic, or? Um, there were there were gates. We were on the mainland, and Cape Canaveral actually sits across from the Indian River. You remember Indian River oranges and all that stuff in Florida. Uh, and we had come from the north, so we stopped in Titusville, and there was a park there, and people were parked all over the place. Uh, it was early in the morning. We'd driven all night. So how um, many hours did it take you to? Uh, it was. It's about 850 miles, so it, it it was a good 12 hours, I think. I'm guessing at that. Uh, side note: We were in a Oldsmobile Toronado, which at the time was like one of the first American front-wheel drive cars. Anyway, uh, very excited. We get out of the car. I want to call it a beach, but it was really just adjacent to the Indian River, and you could see the Saturn rocket about 10 miles away, even so, if you held your thumb out at arm's length, it was about the size of a thumbnail, a large thumbnail. And um, I remember very distinctly that the sun was just coming up as we got there, and it was immediately hot. I believe it was a Wednesday. Uh, there were already lots of people there. And um, everyone about, was- About how many, do you remember? <sighs> No, I, I could, you know, at that age, I didn't pay much attention yeah. to that kind of thing. I do have some specific memories. You know, at that time, my friends and I were kind of going from fraternity boys into being hippies. And I had hair down to my shoulders. And I remember uh, my stomach was in knots. In fact, to the point where I was desperately trying to find a bathroom and afraid I was going to miss the launch. And this little toe-headed kid comes around the corner and he looks up at me and he says get out of here with a really huh. kind of a mean thing and I didn't and it struck me oh yeah I, I look different I'm different I'm a hippie uh -huh. with long hair uh, but anyway to get to the actual launch yeah. and not to dwell on this too much uh, shortly thereafter I think it was around 930 or something uh, everybody had radios you could see it before you could hear it because we were 10 miles away mm -hmm. and eventually this thing started to move off the ground and fires coming out of it and then later on you could hear this tremendous roar I mean even from that far away mm. it felt like the ground was shaking and people were cheering and screaming and uh, just uh, just crazy about seeing this thing go up into the sky yep. do you remember what you were feeling at the time and thinking at that time I had no fear about the mission mm -hmm. there I actually looked up some of these missions. I mean, even earlier that year on Apollo 10, they texted all aspects of the lunar launch except for leaving the lunar orbit and going down to the surface. So I don't remember feeling a lot of anxiety like these people's lives might be on the line or it might be a disaster. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's just this crazy feeling of exhilaration and um, maybe a little bit relief, you know, after you know, the, there was a draft on at the time. The Vietnam War was raging. Martin Luther King had been killed. Kennedy had been killed. So there was a lot to um, uh, be happy about all of a sudden. <laughs> right. so, so, you know, I was an engineer, an engineering student, really excited about the technology. Not sure I understood a lot, but I was mm -hmm. still pretty green at that time. Uh, but in general, my feelings were, well, this is just a fantastic opportunity. I'm so happy I'm here and glad I took the time and effort and money to come down here. Who was the friend that you went with? 
David DiGiulio owned the Olds Tor- Oldsmobile Tornado, and uh, we had another friend, Fran Ducoin. Fran has stayed in touch with the program. He's met Neil Armstrong a couple times, oh, wow. and he always lets Dave and I know when he does those kind of things. Oh, still to this day, or well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be in, I don't know if we'll get together this summer to yeah. celebrate. Uh, Dave's in California, and uh, Fran, I believe, is in Florida. What do you remember yourself of the space race? That was, you know, part of what was going on there as well. Mm-hmm. I was a child of the space race in many aspects. Uh, for example, in high school, I graduated in 1965. In 1963, the Philco Company offered what today might be seen as a vocational education. I signed up for this electronics course, and I believe it was a lot of it was motivated by the feeling that in the United States we were getting behind in the space race. And so... That was your motivation in signing up, or you, you think the companies... No, I wanted to be... I was fascinated. I was an amateur radio operator. I was fascinated with electronics and all that went with it. Okay. Um, fortunately for me, I was also able to do a college prep thing at the same time. Looking back and thinking about it, even at the time, I thought, well, this is part of our push to be equal to the Russians. Uh, and so... In many ways, this was the culmination of it, uh, being there at Cape Canaveral and uh, being able to see something of that order of engineering and you know innovation successfully take off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the space race, that, that had a big impact on my life and probably was underlying a lot of the reason to be there. Mm-hmm. So after you watched it, how long were you actually watching? You know, how, was, how long was the event? It was over in a flash. Yeah. I mean, uh, probably less than a half an hour, 45 minutes later, we're back in the car, exhausted, yeah. heading back. <laughs> I remember going to a motel, and, and the guy says, well, you can't check in. And we said, we don't want to check in. We, we just want to crash for three hours so we can drive back. And the guy was good about it, you know, and, and all of a sudden we're back in Philly. Uh, my friend, even though he was exhausted, had made a previous date with his wife-to-be, or soon-to-be, to go to hair, the Hair Musical, mm-hmm. it was in New York at the time. He drove on to New York, and I think, uh, I don't know what Fran did, but I probably slept for a day. Uh, and then, I don't know whether you're gonna work up to this, but then you know, a few days later, I believe it was a Sunday, we watched the landing. Yes, and so the landing on the moon. So who were you with at that point, do you remember? I belonged to a fraternity at the time. I was sort of growing out of it, but the fraternity did have a television. And I remember uh, sitting uh, in that place with a bunch of guys watching a black and white TV. And, uh, you know, that, that, that was a mix of engineers. And Drexel also had a business uh, degree program. So we had a mix of guys. So uh, some of the back and forth probably is not repeatable. But uh, <laughs> we were all fascinated and proud, you know, proud to be Americans, proud to be engaged in college ourselves and hoping to contribute in some way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm speaking for myself. I don't know about the rest of those nitwits. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when Neil Armstrong uh, stepped on the moon, would you remember what you thought at all? or just? Well, I remember feeling really good about what he said. You know, it was, it was easy to understand. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too uh, philosophical, and it seemed to capture the moment exactly. You're talking and, about the one small step for man? Yeah, quote? yeah. yeah. And the feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm pinching myself. I'm, you know, I'm watching a man standing on the moon, the moon. Yeah, it was, it was like a, out of this 
out of out body of kind world, of experience. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't want to say that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> did you did you also watch the re-entry, or I know that was that was a, even a couple or a few days later. I probably did, but that didn't make as much of a impression. Yep. Um, but you know, there's always that sense of relief when because we remember some of those incidents with Gus Grissom and. Uh, What's that? Well. Before Gus Grissom, he, he was killed in a fire that happened on top of the, on top of one of the rockets. Okay. Um, but before that, he was he had been one of the first ones to go into orbit. And when he came back, he was missed the they missed the mark, and he almost panicked because when he opened his hatch on the spacecraft, which was bobbing around like a cork, water got in, and and I think the guy was sort of in a panic, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, we, we watch it on TV, it looks, you know, yeah, big deal, it's, you know, it's dropped in the ocean, and they'll fish them out. Well, uh, I think he popped the Not hatch too easy. soon, because okay. <laughs> gotcha. okay. he was a little, yeah, yeah. I could see somebody being nervous or anxious. Yeah, right? I, I would be. And um, you said that you, you uh, became an engineer, and so you were already really on that path before yes. this. Um, did this give you inspiration, and what kind of engineer did you become? I started out as an electrical engineer, and unfortunately this wasn't enough inspiration mm-hmm. to get me to graduation. At this time, by this time, I was, I was failing engineering. I was becoming interested in some of the other things that college had to offer, and so I switched to a humanities and social science degree. So I graduated with a somewhat obscure uh, degree called humanities and social science. So anyway, I went on to become an architect, and all this seemed to work well with what eventually worked out for me. I'm glad I learned as much as I did about it before I changed. Do you remember, you know, what did you or what did people in general think of the astronauts themselves? You know, like, my, did, did my, you want my, to be an astronaut? Or, yeah, my you know. thoughts about that are, you know, colored by that book, The Right Stuff, which I thought put so well what it took to be an astronaut. I remember at the time feeling like these guys were heroes, geniuses. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were engineers, you know, aviators. Uh, later on, I learned that they were glad that they had an aviator on board because uh, he had to take over controls from the computer when they landed on the moon. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the computer evidently got overwhelmed with input, and uh, Neil Armstrong took manual control of the controls and brought it to a landing somewhere a little further than what I think they went, where they wanted to land. But um, it was all inspiring what what they did. Yeah. Uh, I think you know it certainly got bandied around among my friends, like oh maybe we could be an astronaut. I know a couple of my friends went on to be pilots in the Navy and eventually went to Vietnam. There was so much on our, you know, on a young person's mind at that time. The right. war, uh, all this cultural change. I don't know how my parents dealt with it. You know, as a as a kid, uh, we just went through it, took yeah. part in it. But my parents. I remember my mother said when I called from from Titusville, she said, "What are you doing down there? You're yeah. supposed to be in school." <laughs> my father, thank God, said, "Oh, great, good for you. Tell us about it when you get back." Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's the astronauts. They're heroes. And and later on, I was happy to see uh, a woman from where I eventually got my graduate degree uh, was an astronaut. And you know, that was another thing about the times. Women were starting to be taken more for what they could do than what people thought they should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I was glad to see that their incorporation and recent movies about women that took part in the uh, engineering and uh, 
so forth that went on on the ground. I forget the name of that movie. Yeah, um, Hidden Figures? Is that the yeah, one that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Um, well, I guess I would ask if you had anything to say in closing or any other memories that are coming up while we're talking. Uh, look at my notes real quick. Forgot to mention that 1969 was the same year as Woodstock and the Summer of Love. It, it was just a just a, like a sea change. Yeah. Uh, the, the guys that I that were seniors when I went into college uh, were more like the Trump people because Trump is my age. And but there were also guys that by the time I graduated that were that had made a, a consciousness change, more liberal, uh, more open to change, uh, less conservative. Uh, so the beat goes on. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in today to talk about that really exciting time. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Nancy. I'm so happy to see this opportunity in the paper, and I'm glad we have these facilities in the Beaumont Library, and thank you so much.